Hello, parents. Welcome to today's episode. Oh, it's one of my favorite. It's setting the stage to create a parent home plan that works. And surprise, surprise, it all begins with us. I can't wait for you to have a listen. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Parenting Post-Wilderness, your guide to parenting struggling teens. I'm your host, Beth Hillman, a mom of five boys, including a post-wilderness teen and a life coach for parents. I will guide you on how to influence lasting change by first understanding the relationship-changing power of focusing on your own behavior instead of futile attempts to control your teens. Parents, the change begins with us. Hello, parents. So glad to have you here today. Okay, so the very first question I think that you might be scratching your heads possibly is why do I call it a parent home plan? Right? There's like all the stuff that it's called. What about a contract? What about a home agreement? I've even heard the word arrangement. But the reason I don't call it that is because it's not any of those things. This isn't a business deal. This isn't an agreement between two consenting adults. This isn't even an arrangement where both parties agree at all. In fact, your kid doesn't even have to agree to like one single line item of this plan. What? I think that might be really shocking to you because this isn't you do this and I do that. We are in the business of controlling ourselves and not our teens. We are creating a plan of what you, the parent, will do when X happens. This, this is not a plan of revenge or a plan of control or a plan of I'm hurting and now you shall hurt too. I know you don't consciously think these things like I, I get it, but your nervous system has a plan to protect you and defend you at all, at all costs, really. So that's why, you know, like you did Y when X happened. Maybe you yelled when your kid yelled. We're super grateful for this protection. We are, but we don't want to parent from this place. So, and we also don't want to be controlling our teens. That's, that's not what this is. The home plan is for you. And you might be thinking like, aren't we trying to make them stop something or make them do something or make them clean up something or say something or not say something? And the answer actually is no. That's not what we're doing. So boundaries specifically in the whole plan, boundaries are a place are in place for three reasons. We create boundaries to one, self-protect. So for an example, I don't want to be in the same space of someone who's swearing at me, or I don't want to be in the same space where someone's hitting me or someone's gaslighting me. So then I create a boundary to self-protect. This is an example. When my son was swearing a lot, um, you know, in high school and whatnot, and I know some children swear and you don't care and that's okay too. It just happens to be my own. It happened to be my own boundary. So when my son swore at me, I came up with a boundary that was when you choose to swear at me, I choose to leave the room. Because I cannot stop anyone from swearing, right? I can't put duct tape on their face (laughs) and I I can't twist their arm. I literally can't make them stop. 
So what I can do is I can move my own feet. So that was something that just worked for us. And I said, when you swear at me or or when swearing happens, I will kindly remove myself. And I say, as soon as you're, as soon as there's no more swearing, I'd be happy to continue this discussion. And I meant it. I wanted to hear what he had to say, or at least I was open to hearing what he had to say, just not in that way. Now, I know some kids uh, do other things, right? Maybe they come after you, right? Uh, they follow you to your room and then they bang down the door. That's not okay. So we want to help them understand that. Okay. So if that happens, maybe you need to leave the house. Maybe you need to go on a walk. Maybe you go on a drive somewhere where they can't follow you. I know that sounds like you're doing all the work. And you're right. You are. Because you can control you. You can go for the drive, you can go for the walk, and you can take yourself out of the space. That's the idea, first idea of the boundaries, self-protection. The next idea, the next reason for a boundary is to teach family values. So you might have a value that uh, you work before play, just as an example. That means probably that you would appreciate if your child did their schoolwork before they sat on their phone for 10 hours. So you might come up with a boundary that says, hey, homework first, then you can get your phone. So then you would have to establish how you can be in control of the phone. There are ways for parents to be in control of phones, right? There's the Life360 and the, there's, in fact, there's so many. Uh, I think on my Instagram, I actually offered... Um, some software. I'm so sorry. I can't remember it at this moment in time. Um, but look it up, do the research, educate yourself in how you can be more in control of your child's phone, especially because you most likely bought it and phones are privileges, not necessities. So that's another example. There are other family values, of course, like substance use, right? Um, or substances even in the home. Now, can you make your child not bring substances in their home, in your home? No, you can't. You could, you know, search them, I guess. You could do all these kinds of things, but that's really hard because, well, one, you need their consent. Um, they're probably not going to give it to you. So you have to think of other ways where you're in control. For example, I don't, let's say I don't allow drugs in my home. Well, if there's someone bringing drugs into your home, then you've got a little bit of conflict. So where am I in control? Well, I can control how often I search for drugs in my home. I can control whether... Um, when I find those drugs, whether I throw them away or whatever I'm going to do with them, do you see I can control uh, whether I offer a drug test or not, right? I can, con- I can offer a drug test. I can request a drug test. <laughs> I can't make my kid actually do a drug test though. So you have to think about what you can control and what you can't. Think about your family values. Think about what you want to teach your child. And that is the second reason why you have boundaries, to teach values. The third reason is to avoid parenting from a reactionary place. That is what typically goes down when you're triggered, right? When the parent is triggered. Of course it is because of the nervous system, because of um, patterns, uh, because of dynamics and all these things. So we know that a person is going to be reactive when they're triggered. So we we put boundaries in place to avoid parents parenting from a reactionary state. So an example for that would be like, I 
yell at my kid when my kid yells at me. I mean, that's a very reactionary action. So I want to stop that. I want to avoid being emotionally consequencing. I want to avoid when my child comes home after curfew and I say, that's it. You're grounded for a month. I want to avoid that. One, it's not reasonable. Two, it's never going to work. (laughs) It's just, it's not thought through. Okay. So that's the third reason for boundaries is avoid parenting from a reactionary place. Okay. This almost wants to make me cry. Gosh, I think I'm a little, well, I'm a little teary today. (laughs) Sorry. Boundaries are not a way to control your team. So if there was one takeaway (laughs) from this podcast, it would be this sentence. Boundaries are not a way to control your team. They're a way to control yourself. They're a way to take up your role as a parent and lead. More than anything else, I want you guys to understand this. Okay, so let's set the stage. If you want to create loving and effective boundaries, well, you need to first get into a loving space. Now, what this means is love for yourself and love for your team. I had a client say, boundaries mean I want to have a relationship with you. What a lovely, lovely idea. It means I matter and you matter. Right? I matter and you matter. I see you. I see you as I see my team, right? As a person, as an individual, as a human with their own agendas, their own desires, their own coping, their own um, unhelpful patterns, right? I see my own and I want to see my teens. So how can you get to a loving space? Well, first of all, if you really, really need like a step-by-step how to get into a loving space, go ahead and listen to episode 42, um, not very long ago. And I talk about um, what happens if you don't like your teen. Because that's that's a big question, right? How do I get to a loving space? But in general, let's go over some ideas. We do this by choosing helpful and loving thoughts. That can be so tricky because probably some of your thoughts right now are, I can't stand this anymore. I'm in so much pain. I am so hurt. I don't want to see them doing that, that, and that. I'm so sick of doing the dishes when I've asked. I'm sick of them bringing food into the room. I'm sick of them um, staying out all night. I'm sick of them doing drugs. I just can't stand it. So that is what typically is in our minds. Of course it is. But we do not want to create boundaries or a parent home plan from that space. We want to allow and accept that space and and work through that, of course, but we just don't want to create from that space. So let me offer some way, some spaces, some thoughts um, that would be more helpful to create from. So if you have the sentence, I'm creating a parent home plan to, right? One, well, these aren't in any order. Consider ahead of time What is best for all involved? Okay. I'm creating a parent home plan to take into account what my teen might need from me. 
what are they trying to communicate through their behavior? I know this is like a whole entire other podcast, but maladaptive behaviors are always an indication of an unmet need. I know that's kind of therapy talk, but just just understanding that can lead to a more open mindset. Okay, I'm creating a home plan. These are your thoughts, right? I'm creating a home plan to know what I will do or what I will not do when I get triggered as a parent. I'm creating a whole plan to avoid reacting emotionally when I do get triggered. I'm creating a home plan, parent home plan, to teach my teen value of dot, dot, dot. I love, love, love this question because I want you to take the space to really pause and ask yourself, what am I really trying to teach here? What, what am I doing? Take time to reflect and be thoughtful. What, what do I think is, what do I think I'm doing here? Just, just to be aware and intentional. Okay. I'm creating a parent home plan to control me and not my teen. I'm creating a home parent plan to love and stand up for me while also understanding that I'm the grown up here, or at least older, and want to create a safe space for my kid to learn and grow and mess up. I'm creating a parent home plan to remember that my teen and I are actually on the same page. Ha! <laughs> Get a little of that. Because they want to grow up and be their own person. And that is what you want for them too. Same page. You could probably think of so many others, other thoughts that would be helpful. I'm creating a home plan to, um, you know, I love my teen more. I'm creating a home plan to get on the same page as my, uh, my parent partner. That's a whole other podcast too. So think of other ways to get yourself in a mindset of love, a mindset of creation, of building something that works. You can choose that for yourself. And I really, really want to suggest you do that before, uh, before you start creating something that is punitive um, and maybe not very helpful. <laughs> so I want you to remember just a few things. Some of the parents' job, like in a parent role, is to follow through, to be consistent. Another job is to self-regulate. Another was is to invite connection. To be observant and present. To seek to understand. What's going on here? Like my kid just totally flew off the handle. What's going on for them? And to lead. Lead by modeling. Lead by doing what's wrong. And then repair. Lead by having fun. Lead by connecting. So many things to do. I love, 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 love that word. <laughs> and I want you to remember the teen's job is to test and then push buttons and test some more and push some more buttons and test and fail. Totally F up and make mistakes. That's their job. They are trying to figure out what the heck is going on? You know, in their surroundings, socially, 
and their brain is growing at an unmatched amount of any other time in their lives. So much going on for them. And so they have to test. They have to find out what's okay and what's not okay. And they are killing it, by the way. They're doing such a good job at testing. (laughs) Okay. So how do you know your home plan's working? What kind of signs do you look for? I know it's very, very easy to slip into watching your teen succeed and fail. You're going to think that if your teen is obeying you or complying, then that's success. Uh, it's not. It's nice. It's easy. It's real, feels real good. (laughs) But that doesn't necessarily mean things are working. Okay. I mean, I know in one way, great. I do. I get that. Okay. But if your teen isn't complying or isn't obeying, it's okay. It can still work. And this is how I want to show you how. Okay. So if it's working or if it's not working, you want to look at your own behavior as a parent. Okay. I'm going to repeat that again. I know that you think you should, you should look at your kid and like, if they're doing the dishes, it's working. If they're not doing their dishes, it's not working. Or if they're smoking weed still, it's not working. If they stop smoking weed, it's working. That's not necessarily true. Okay. Now, if they've stopped smoking weed and if they are doing their dishes, great. (laughs) Great. (laughs) But that doesn't mean the boundaries aren't working if they're not. Okay. So I want you, this is what I want you to think about. I want you to look at your behavior. It's working if you show up more and more like you want. If you're becoming more consistent. If you are able to follow through better and better. If you are less exhausted, it's working. If you feel less on their roller coaster, <laughs> right? If you feel like you've been you've been able to kind of get off more and more off their roller coaster, I think everybody gets that metaphor, um, that, that it's working. If you are harboring less resentment, it's working. Hey, here, just a little side note. Resentment is a sure sign that you still have work to do. Use it like a red flag and dig back into your thoughts and feelings. Resentment is a sign that you're not aligned as a parent. Um, that you may have may that you could have said something but you didn't, or you said something but you didn't want to. You just want to want to really. Uh, be aware of resentment and really dig in. That's what's going on. Okay. You know what's working if you feel more in control of yourself. I hope minds are being blown right now. <laughs> in fact, I'm like, so I'm like, oh my gosh, I just, these are such good reminders. Okay. You know what's working if you find yourself being able to breathe again. You know what's working if your teen has chosen to do or not do the boundary and you know what to do either way. You know what's working if your patience is increasing, your connection with your teen is increasing, 
you know it's working if you have like a little fun moment together or share a laugh or a smile at some random time. You know it's working. You know it's working if you can see your unhealthy patterns releasing. You know it's working if you can discuss other matters in like relative peace. Like everything's not a trigger, right? And you know it's working if it feels wonky. <laughs> That's my one of my favorite go-to words. If it just feels wonky, if it feels different and off, that is your nervous system stepping away from the, the homeostasis, right? The, the unhealthy dynamic patterns. It's going to feel weird. And I think that can be a sign that it's working. I remember, now some of you know that I was a yeller um, and I had a lot of anger inside of me and um, I threatened. I did, some, I did lots of things like that. And I remember as I began to do my own work, I know that's not everybody's issue. I get that, but that was mine. And as I began to do the work and as I began to understand and work through my own anger, not take it out on my kid, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that takes time. And I began to yell less. And so one day I yelled again and it felt funny. Oh, that was such a good day. It felt um, not as enjoyable as it had. Okay. That's, that's real crazy, but I, I hopefully some of you know what I mean. It felt wonky. So I also mean wonky as, so that's, that's one interpretation of wonky is I kind of went back to the old patterns and because I was, I was teaching myself that that wasn't the homeostasis I wanted, right? I was teaching myself to do something different. So when I did it again, when I yelled again, then my, I knew, because it felt wonky, I knew my, my nervous system was learning different things. So that's one definition of the wonky. The other way it can feel wonky is it just feels weird that, you're, that you've stopped yelling. You're going to want to yell, but you don't, or you're going to want to be uh, avoidant and you actually step in, right? So you're going to, it's going to feel wonky to do, to, met, to change the patterns. That's what I'm trying to say. Change the patterns is going to feel wonky. All right. This is such an important step in creating a, a parent home plan is setting the stage appropriately. Because when you're about to create something, I promise if you sat down in your anger and your angst and your frustration to create a home plan, you, you literally would come up with a, a completely different home plan. It would, all, I promise, I think it would all be all about controlling your teen, making them do stuff. Um, it would be stuff like that. But when you come from a loving place, which I know might be really hard to get to, but if you can find even a moment of it, that feeling of desire to create something that works for everyone, then that's where you want to be. That's where you want to get to. Okay. Begin with you. And I know you've heard me say it before. The change begins with us. And this is it. Doing our work first and then parenting. Doing our work first, getting into a loving and healthy space so that we can create loving and effective boundaries for, our, for ourselves, really. But yes, for our kids. 
Awesome. Thanks so much for being with me today. Bye. Hey there. Thank you for joining me today. If you know a struggling parent, please share this with them. If you have any questions or want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Beth Hillman Coaching or through my website, BethHillmanCoaching.com. And remember, parents, the change begins with us.